Thank you to Western Washington Coalition for Life for sponsoring today's broadcast of Live Talk Northwest. Born from prayer and a promise in 2018, the WWCFL's mission is to provide encouragement and support through resources, education, and information focused on embracing the beauty and sanctity of all human life. Engage with WWCFL at wwcfl.org or on Facebook at Western Washington Coalition for Life. Thank you, WWCFL, for supporting Life Talk Northwest. Welcome to Life Talk Northwest on Sacred Heart Radio. This is Katie Welch, former Northwest Regional Coordinator and Industry Impact Coordinator for Students for Life of America and Students for Life Action. And I'm Dan Kennedy, former CEO of Human Life of Washington and a board member at Sacred Heart Radio. And we're so glad you're here. We really have a special guest that I'm really looking forward to talking to. Uh, we have Harry Crocker, who is a Catholic convert from Anglicanism. Uh, he's a best-selling author. Uh, several, he's written several books. He's a prolific writer. Uh, Robert E. Lee on leadership. Uh, Don't Tread on Me, The Yanks Are Coming, The Politically Incorrect Guide to the Civil War. And, uh, you know, if you don't have the politically incorrect guide to things, th th those are great books. Also, the politically incorrect guide to the British Empire. Uh, he's written for National Catholic Register, for Crisis, for National Review, The American Spectator, uh, and several other outlets. The book we're going to be discussing today is a book he has uh, updated and expanded, and it is a terrific book. It is Triumph. The Power and the Glory of the Catholic Church, a 2,000-Year History, and it is published by Regnery Press, uh, which you can get from Amazon, from Regnery, from any quality bookseller. And this is a fantastic book, uh, but I want to welcome our author, uh, Harry Crocker. Thanks for being here. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much. You know, uh, I started this book. It was... You know, it it reads like a novel. The very first sentence grabs you, and you're off and running on it this does. on this great adventure. Uh, and I was thinking as I was reading this, I thought, you know, and for many of our listeners, they they know that I am a convert from essentially agnosticism. Uh, and I wish this book, and this was back in 1979. And I wish this book had been available. It would have saved a lot of research and heartache and uh, a lot of struggling with questions. Uh, it is just simply fantastic. Uh, why did you write the book? Well, I am a convert, too. I am a convert um, from sort of agnostic Anglicanism or Episcopalianism, which is, you know, kind of sort of the same thing. Um, <laughs> I love your sense of humor, by the way. When I converted, after I converted, I thought, you know, I... I, I myself wish there was a book like this. Mm -hmm. I wanted to write a book, a history book, the sort of book I, I wish I could have found at the time when I was thinking of converting, that was a uh, complete history of the Catholic Church, but that wasn't apologetic in all the wrong ways. Right. I, I, I often say that I, I wrote this book with the mind and the heart. I wrote the book maybe for an adolescent boy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which is why the book is full of battles. And yeah, yeah, right. And yeah. crusaders. And, and there's more references in this book and triumph to the French Foreign Legion than any other Catholic history, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. um, but that was the whole point. I wanted it to be like a sweeping narrative. I wanted to capture the true drama 
uh, an adventure of the faith that made um, the Western world, I mean, that made Western civilization, and that, to my mind, is, is the truth. I mean, one thing I, I, I hope that comes across in the book, it's not explicit, explicitly stated, I don't think, maybe it is, <laughs> <laughs> um, but is that you know, when I was trying to find my way to the church, and I came from a pretty skeptical place, sure. um, was I, I wanted to know what the truth was. And I, I, I found that many of the skeptical arguments that I was examining, which were kind of my own, didn't really hold water. Right. They, or they, they, yeah. they seemed incomplete. Um, and they seemed a bit flip. And uh, what led me to the church was this desire to find the truth, which I thought I found there. And part of it was, was historical. And part of it was the fact that, if, you know, the best, to my mind, the best explanation for the resurrection as an historical event, is what is in the New Testament. Right. <laughs> and that as, a, as, as historical documents, the Gospels, the Acts of the Apostles, these are actually, gr- I mean, it, but if, if we were studying anything else, I mean, a, a common comparison is to compare those documents to the, the sources we have for Hannibal's, you know, crossing the Alps right, with exactly. the elephants. And then that based, that's based on essentially two sources, which are fragmentary, and, are, and the first copies we have are dated, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years later. In the, in the gospel accounts, we're talking, or in the, in the letters to the apostles, from the apostles, we're talking about decades. Right. Um, and our, 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 the number of manuscripts we have of these documents are enormous compared to most other or, uh, ancient documents. So if the resurrection is true, which I think it is, and I think these are good documents to base it on, then I felt it was my duty to conform myself to that truth. And anything else I had questions about or doubts about, I need to figure out. Right. But mm-hmm. that, was the, that was the fundamental, that was the rock, I guess, not only to build the church, but in which to build one's faith. And I think so, one thing that worries me about young people today is that there's so much of, oh, that's your truth, this is my truth, or even just a lack of searching for the truth. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is something that... Um, I hope I hope this book can address in at least some ways because so much of uh, of the of the untruth is based on a faulty understanding of history or a dismissal of of Catholic Church history. Well, you know, you know that's interesting because um, in my conversion, I had been led to believe that you can't possibly know the truth, so don't even try. You know, a very kind of apathy that says, you know, it's it's useless. And uh, boy, I just wish this book had been around. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one other thing, I, I've actually I've got an article up here on this soon in, in Crisis, um, but there's been some interesting studies about these groups that are, or the group that's known as the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S's, sure. uh-huh. the people who, especially young people, it's, it's, a, it's predominantly, overwhelmingly a, a, a phenomenon of young people and why they are falling away uh, in such rapid ways and in such, in such big numbers. And um, most parents tend to think that, that the big danger time is when their kids go off to college, that they're all falling away in college. It turns out that that's not true, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's when it becomes apparent. Ah, interesting, parents. interesting. And that if you do these sort of uh, surveys of, of kids as they're growing up, they're actually falling away at much younger ages, but the parents don't know. Mm-hmm. And that the, they're generally falling away around about the age of 14 or so. Wow. And so what this tells you is 
these the kids are not falling away because of theological arguments. They're not talking falling away because of debates over church history. Mm-hmm. They're falling away because in this new media screen age, they're being seduced into accepting, or actually they're cultivating superficiality. They're cultivating shallowness. Excellent. They're Way finding enough yes. meaning in life through things like, which just sounds horrible, but it seems to be true, things like Instagram and Twitter and computer games and, and the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They really are spiritually impoverished. And uh, it's a, that's, this, is, this strikes me as one of the big challenges of our, of our time as church people is how to go to people who have dismissed all this as irrelevant, dismiss the, important, the most important questions of life, dismiss the most important history of Western civilization as unimportant as they focus on their computers. And opening up their minds is, I hope again, something that this book can do by telling the church's story as an adventure story. And maybe something that can compete and can knock out of their mind the oh, cinematic boy. Marvel Universe and all these other things that they're stuffing in the, the computer games and replace it with something solid and real. Right. Terrific. And when I was in college, I mean, there was Focus and the Newman Center, and it was a crazy environment that we were in, but like there were kids converting. Um, to Catholicism while I was there. Um, but it almost seems less popular now for people to convert. Uh, so why why did you convert to Catholicism? Um, well, I mean, it, it, there's the two, it's a twofold thing. One is it was a long process of reading. And again, I, I was, I, who knows why, but I was, very, I was driven to find the truth. And for me, uh, finding the truth, in part because I guess my own background, I'm a very Anglophilic um, <laughs> Family. I lived in England for a while, and uh, and I, uh, I, uh, you know, it was Chesterton. It was Evelyn Waugh. It was Absolutely. Graham Greene, and yeah. most especially towards the end, the sort of clincher arguments were coming in via Cardinal Newman, um, and then maybe a not uncommon story would finally push me over the edge because I, I'm, I, I'm convinced I would have converted at some point, anyways, because mm-hmm. of the way my mind is traveling, but. I was dating a woman, eventually, <laughs> who happened to be Catholic, and she said, well, are you going to convert, or aren't you? <laughs> yeah. And, there you go. And that kind of, I thought, I guess <laughs> i got to put my bets down here, since we're going to get married, aren't we? So, uh, yeah, no, that's how, that was the, that was the final push. Um, and that was about 30 years ago. The leap into <laughs> marriage and the leap into faith, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I wonder what... Uh, you know, I, I love your explanation of of why you wrote it and how you wrote it, and it and it is. Um, we only have a couple of minutes here before our break, but you know, I, I find what runs through this whole thing, and you tell it warts and all. Um, you know, I mean, you don't shy away from anything; it's all there. Um, I, you know. It, I almost wore out my yellow highlighter going through this in, in sections. <laughs> you know, uh, great quotes. Um, if there was one uh, towards the end of the book from uh, Pope Benedict that I hadn't heard it put that way before, uh, you know, it was essentially what it what it really meant was, you know, truth has to be discovered. You can't invent it, and 
you know, that just kind of hit me between the eyes as I thought back to all the struggles I had gone through. Um, yeah, no, I, I love that quote from Benedict. And, I, the, and it, 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 because of this, because if you put it in a different context, and people don't say, I have my own math, right? I, I, or I have my own science, or I have my own. Which, if they really care about something or really think something's true, you can't make up your own version of it, right? And the same thing is true with religion. As far as this idea of, oh, I'm spiritual, but not religious, well, that means you're just not serious about it, because you're just making it up as you go along. <laughs> and if you're making it up as you go along, it's not, it's not real, it's not true. And this is, I guess, and a lot of these businesses, oh, there's 72,000 religions or whatever there are. Right. Well, guess what? That's not an argument. You know? <laughs> I mean, there are, there are 72,000 different theories of how we should organize a government, but there are better ways and worse ways. I mean, You're right. you, can, you, can, right. you can narrow things down. And again, I know this is a, an old-fashioned argument, but it, it seems one that, that young people, again, when I talk to them, don't really confront, is that the Catholic Church, Christianity, is based on a historical event, right? It's recited every day right. in the Creed, and you can, you can check that. If it's, if it's history, you can investigate that. That's, this is right. not an airy-fairy thing that you have to be an abstruse philosopher to Right, exactly. There are many ways to the Church. You can do it through philosophy, you can do it through experience, you can do it through art, you can do it through history, but there is something very tangible here that you cannot just dismiss, and when you try to dismiss something like the resurrection, you are you are engaging in conspiracy theories. Absolutely. And these people who are who are on the other side, this is what I, I think it's, it's important to point out to them. You are the one engaging in a the conspiracy theory. You are the one who is. You, know, you, you want to dismiss the spaghetti monster in the, in the sky or the old man in the sky as all this oh ridiculous invented god myth making. No, no, no. The person who's inventing something is you. You're not facing up right. to the historical facts as documented. Well, there are in the church treasures for, uh, it, for the intellectually desolate, I guess. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Boy, this time just goes too quickly. You're listening to author Harry Crocker III on his new and expanded edition of Triumph. Uh, a wonderful book, The Power and the Glory of the Catholic Church, the 2,000-Year History, reads like an adventure novel, and we will be right back. Our commitment to the dignity and value of all human beings is the reason why the ecclesial community establishes such things as soup kitchens, provides shelter, for the homeless, medical care for the poor, same conviction should compel all of you today to defend the right to life of every human being from conception to natural death, to care for and protect the unborn and all those whom others might deem inconvenient or undesirable. Welcome back to Sacred Heart Radio, Life Talk Northwest. We are speaking with author Harry Crocker III about his new and expanded book, Triumph, The Power and the Glory of the Catholic Church, uh, by Regnery Press. Uh, it's sold wherever quality books are sold. It is new and expanded, and it reads like a novel. And 
the bibliography itself, if you've looked at the bibliography, Katie, I don't know, but that's worth the price in itself. So, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a fantastic book. Um, so, Harry, do you see, after studying all of church history, um, do you see any parallels throughout church history to today's world in the church? Uh, well, yes. I mean, t- today's world is a very uh, troubling place, and there are some things <laughs> sure that seem pretty unique to it, like the the gender wars and the mm-hmm. and the uh, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion stuff that's going on, and and all these sort of things, which um, which are really, but they're kind of resurgences of paganism. Yes, and I say that mm-hmm. because they they feed off of. Uh, values that Christianity helped displace. We forget, though some people are being, <laughs> to remember this now, some historians and whatnot, that things like mercy, <laughs> things like charity, these, were, these are things that, that Christianity brought into the world. The pagan world was based on power. And things like the, the gender cult and the diversity, equity, and inclusion, these are all based on power. Who's up, who's down? Feminism mm-hmm. is way based on power. You know, it's men versus women, or vice versa. <laughs> and mm-hmm. no, in the Christian world, it's based on love. And you can say, well, love is a weak read. <laughs> yeah. The tempests and storms we are enduring uh, now. Yeah. Okay. I'm not interested not, now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it's not just whistling Dixie to say that you, the church has been through innumerable. Well, I guess you can't enumerate it because it's history, but it's through many, many dark times before. And yet, whenever things seem to be at their absolute dire state, a new batch of saints arises, a new batch of reform movements arise that right the ship over and over again. I will tell you, I was updating this book at the same time as I was updating another book of mine, which is the history of the United States military. Mm. And when I finished Triumph, the Catholic history book, I came out optimistic for the very reasons I just stated because it just seems like but boy the church just keeps bouncing back right mm-hmm. when I finished updating the American military history book I was thinking boy this is depressing but it seems like if you look at the history of the church I mean some of it as you said is made this full of scandals it's full of horrible things if you were a pope in the in the worst of the Dark Ages, um, you had like a 30% chance, a 33% chance of dying in office and not dying of natural causes. <laughs> <laughs> they were well loved yeah. back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remember, Napoleon kidnapped the church. I mean, kidnapped the, the Pope. That's right. Right? That's right. And the, uh-huh. I mean, all, we, had, we had anti-Popes. We've had all sorts of turmoil and tumult and everything else. And yet, and yet, 2,000 years later, it still stands, and it still proclaims the truth. And, I, and as, as long as we have, and this is, I guess, the, 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 the potentially worrisome thing. People worry that, oh, the church is going to change. Well, no, it won't. <laughs> I don't think it can, because the whole purpose of the Catholic Church, in a small c way, the, the Church is the most conservative institution in the world Correct. because its whole purpose is to conserve, defend, and promote the faith, the unchanging faith. The un- and that is, 
It's just, and, and, the, and the more it does that confidently, courageously, the more it will win converts. Absolutely. You know, it's, and, you know, when I look forward, and I agree with you, having been in the Navy and I look at what's going on in the military, <laughs> I just, oh, Army. my goodness, <laughs> I wouldn't join now no matter what. But, um, well, I might just because I want to serve our country. But um, the, you know, when you look, you talk about gender fluidity and all this kind of nonsense going on, and, and it is really... And transhumanism, you know, I've talked to Wesley Smith several times, and, and uh, you know, it is the church that is going to save us from this transhumanism dystopia. Uh, and what I, this book is so hopeful, because just as you said, uh, it, it, you know, it rises like the phoenix, I guess, <laughs> you know? I mean... Well, more than that, the church is the only institution that can save us. I mean, not, not just you know, theologically or, or right. in a religious <laughs> sense, but, I, but it's because think of like this, this, the gender nonsense. It is parroted by every other institution. Yes. You know, from corporate it America is. to the government to everybody, to ad agencies, everyone. And the one institution in the world that stands up against this is the church. And this is actually, it should be a great opportunity for the church. I mean, how crazier can you get in this, in this, in this mm-hmm. gender stuff? And when it, I, I forgot what the exact number was, but I think it was the freshman incoming class at Brown University, a quarter or half, some, some outrageous number of the freshmen declared they were, you know, some variety of the gender. They weren't a male or female. There was, there was some gender person. And that's it's just complete insanity. What we want, though, is a world, of course, where 25 or 50% of the incoming freshmen of Brown University are Latin mass Catholics. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and, but it just shows, why isn't that the case? It's not, why isn't that the case? These arguments that are put against us are so feeble. They are so insane. And yet... They're so popular. And what we need to do is just, I think we need to not pussyfoot around. We just need to go and say, <laughs> no, it. this right. is insane. No, yeah. this is wrong. This far and no far. And it may, doing that, and that was easy for me to say from my study here, and, but it, <laughs> it can cost people jobs, right? It, it, it will it cost people jobs. It can mm-hmm. cost, it, 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 they, but I think we need to do this. We need to face the fact you know, the old line, you know, the, the, the blood of the martyrs is the seedbed of the church. That is true. Mm-hmm. And in various ways, many of us are going to suffer some sort of martyrdom, whether it's, you know, the martyrdom of being separated from a family member who, you know, doesn't go along, or separated from your job, or, yep. or whatever it is, or for friends. But it's going to be necessary for people to not keep going along and to say, no enough you're not doing this to my child or you're not doing this to me mm-hmm. or you're not you're not promoting this blatant untruth we have to be as catholics the kid who points out that the emperor has yeah exactly right yep. and right. we have to do it over and over and over again because there's a whole lot of these naked people prancing around <laughs> and i think it's important to note too it's not just with the transgender issue it's also with like abortion like i remember when i was working in the pro-life movement and they were like oh you're not going to be able to get a job in washington after this like no way um but it's crazy 
Uh, so yeah. what do you think was maybe like the darkest period of church history? Besides now, you mean? Yeah. Besides now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, there, there could be, like I said, the Dark Ages were pretty, were pretty dark. People often point to the Renaissance popes, though I kind of defend them. <laughs> they have their points. Um, uh, but you could also talk about, you know, the, the period where there were contesting papacies. You, know, the, 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 you had the true pope, and you had antipopes who had their own followers. But there, I mean, there's also there's the Arian crisis. Yeah, the oh, yeah. early heresies of the church, which almost won. And in fact, uh, when Cardinal Newman was, was investigating, when Cardinal Newman set out to prove at one point, when he was still an Anglican, that the Anglican Church was an historical church, um, just like Rome, just like the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. just like the Orthodox Church. And what he found was that that was an untenable proposition, that had it not been for the Catholic Church, had it not been for the Pope in Rome, the Arians might have displaced Trinitarian Christianity as we know it today. Um, so there, there have been uh, many dark times where it seemed as though the Church, the world, was on the edge of, a, of calamity, collapse. And, um, and, and again, it was, it was the Church that, that set things right. And it, it, did so, it did so through brave and courageous men and women. And that's what we need now, you know. Um, it's funny Newman's Newman's uh, uh, conversion to the church and it set out to prove something. I remember I was a veterans coordinator at uh, at a college, uh, and you know a college I'd graduated from and and uh, worked at then. Uh, and I, one of my staff was getting married a Catholic. And wanted me to be one of the groomsmen, so I, I, I gladly agreed. And I, I remember at the rehearsal, the priest is talking to each one of us, and he says, uh, "He says, uh, are you a Catholic?" And I, I said, "No." He says, "A lame like Kennedy, and you're not a Catholic." And I just <laughs> laughed at him, and I said, "I will never be a Catholic." And it was about. Uh, Two years after that, that uh, that was the very church that we went to in Michigan. So <laughs> <laughs> he gotcha. Yeah, great sense of humor. Well, yeah, um, I mean that that story is actually maybe another important point is that one thing that Catholics cannot give up. It's part of our whole faith is hope. There's, yes, I mean, we 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 are a religion of hope, and we are a religion of joy. We can, we have we can be the happy warriors because we have. Joy is on our side. It is, indeed. Um, and uh, and it, it's also a religion of patience. I mean, a lot of prayer is reliant upon patience and our waiting um, for God's plan to, to unfold, with our help. I mean, we have free will, but we're part of this drama. But I think. It's, it's prayer and hope and joy that will see us through. And courage, of course. Courage right. with the primary virtues. Okay, that that is a great place to to uh, end our time together. It was it just went way too quickly. There's so many things we could talk about. Uh, Harry, I want to thank you so much for being here. It was a privilege for me to talk to you. 
Uh, it was a privilege for our listeners to hear you, and it was a real privilege for me to to read this new and expanded version of Triumph, the Power and the Glory <laughs> of the Catholic Church. And I would urge our listeners, it is well worth the price. Uh, as I said earlier, the bibliography itself is worth the price. Like, where did he get this <laughs> stuff from? You know. So thank you for being here. Great. My great pleasure. Thank you. And I just want to thank you as well, Harry. This is really, really great. And I want to thank all of our listeners. You have been listening to Life Talk Northwest on Sacred Heart Radio. I'm Katie Welch. God bless you all. And I'm Dan Kennedy. Keep the faith. Thank you to Western Washington Coalition for Life for sponsoring today's broadcast of Life Talk Northwest. Born from prayer and a promise in 2018, the WWCFL's mission is to provide encouragement and support through resources, education, and information focused on embracing the beauty and sanctity of all human life. Engage with WWCFL at wwcfl.org or on Facebook at Western Washington Coalition for Life. Thank you, WWCFL, for supporting Life Talk Northwest.